electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. A live shot of the Capitol here as the House gavels in this morning, preparing to vote on impeaching President Trump for a second time. Uh, much more on that coming up. Stock futures basically flat. First, though, we're going to turn to David with some breaking news. David. Thanks, Carl. Yeah. Uh, back to the corporate realm. Wanted to update people on a situation we've been following closely, namely Intel. And we can tell you now, according to people familiar with the situation, that Intel CEO Bob Swan will be stepping down from that position effective February 15th, an announcement expected shortly. He will be replaced by Pat Gelsinger. Uh, the CEO of VMware uh, and a former, of course, Intel employee for many years, uh, an engineer, and we would expect perhaps uh, an appointment that will be well received by the market. Uh, I have called Intel uh, and shared with them what I knew to be the case. Uh, They had no comment. I would anticipate, however, that you could expect, given they were planning on announcing this later today, is my understanding that they will be moving up that announcement. So we should get confirmation from Intel of this change that will be taking place again. February 15th is when Mr. Swan will be departing the company that he has run officially as its CEO since January of 19. But remember, he also was interim CEO of Intel for some seven or eight months after the unexpected departure uh, due to breaking of company policy by Brian Krasanich. Um, Mr. Swan has been under a great deal of pressure. Uh, As our our viewers know, as as shareholders know, of course, the company um, once considered, and now I'm reading from Dan Loeb's letter of a few weeks ago, the gold standard for innovative microprocessing manufacturing has lost its pole position to uh, TSMC in Taiwan and Samsung in South Korea. That is, to a certain extent, true. Remember, they have been stuck at 14 nanometer chips since 2013. They missed a cycle. They've been trying to figure out what they're going to do in terms of their manufacturing. And Mr. Swan has come under no uh, under a significant amount of pressure uh, as a result. So perhaps not a big surprise uh, of his coming departure. Gelsinger, as I pointed out, uh, he led EMC's, of course, uh, information infrastructure products business as its COO. VMware, remember, is in the process potentially being spun off the 81 percent owned by Dell. So there is a transaction in the future of that company. But this gives him an opportunity to come back to a company that he once had a senior role in. He was the first chief technology officer of uh, Intel from January of 2000 to 2005. He was also senior VP and GM of its digital enterprise group uh, in 2009, uh, uh, after which he departed for Dell EMC and then, of course, VMware. So, Jim, you can see the market responding somewhat positively to this change again Uh, expected to have been announced later today. My expectation now is, given we're reporting it, that they'll probably move that up and confirm it. But we can tell you that it is the case. Uh, Mr. Gelsinger will be taking over February 15th for uh, CEO Bob Swan. Well, uh, I've been openly critical of Bob for a long time, and uh, he's a real man, CFO type, 
uh, just this is a company built by engineers. Uh, it's been uh, terrible to watch what happened here. I mean, with the final comeuppance being that they're not even, they may not even make chips. They've missed everything. Uh, Lisa Sue at AMD has eaten the lunch. It's been just a very difficult time at Intel. Uh, too long in coming. I, I had Bob Swan on literally the month that, uh, where they were doing the search. I think, David, that they were having a very hard time even finding a CEO, so they defaulted to Bob. Uh, I have said, and I did not mean to be facetious, nice guy. Uh, not, oh, stop smiling. A nice guy, wrong guy. Right. And uh, Pat, I've known uh, from VMware, excellent. I have Sanjay Poonin on. He's the COO. He's been my person who comes on from VMware. Uh, you're right. Spinoff probably in September, uh, trying to get a hold of Michael Dell, trying to get a hold of anybody because this is such a good scoop. But, David, yeah. uh, I think it, it, we should point out that while it had to happen, uh, and the stock was creeping up yesterday, it is still a shock uh, because uh, uh, Intel has been very, ever since Andy Grove, uh, it, 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 well, no, I should say a little bit later, but uh, yeah. the company basically has been rudderless. Uh, well, there are going to be no shortage of things that Mr. Gelsinger is going to be dealing with. Yes. Chief amongst them, of course, is uh, figuring out manufacturing, Jim, oh. how you get back in the lead, so to speak. To your point, he is an engineer, and it's an engineer-led culture. Uh, in the letter that we've re- referenced, the course from third point that was sent to them uh, December 29th to uh, the company's uh, chair, Omar Ishraq, they made the point, of course, of the loss of talent that they believe has been taking place at Intel. So how do you reverse that if, in fact, that is the case? But then there is also this overarching question as to national security concerns, whether there's a way to make this a national champion right. that will benefit Intel. And by the way, when it comes to third point, I don't have a lot to share here. It's my belief that they are going to be quite pleased uh, at this appointment. Uh, I, they were not behind offering this name to um, To Intel, however, as you might imagine, they have, even though they did not ask for it in said letter, Mr. Loeb was hoping and expecting that Mr. Swan would depart, that the board would take actions to do so. Uh, The nominating deadline for directors is at the end of the week. It still remains unclear to me whether or not Mr. Loeb will nominate or not, or this will be enough perhaps to turn the tide there. But that's yet something else that they'll be dealing with potentially is, of course, an activist in the part of third point, Jim. So right. no shortage of things. But first and foremost, of course, is how do you get back to being a leader? Well, I mean, the last great uh, guy who was at Intel, I think, was Craig Barrett, right. who was after Andy Grove. Now, David, I've been saying over and over again on this show, Taiwan Semi is the most important company in the world right now when it comes to American security and semiconductors. That's because Intel failed to deliver. Uh, Taiwan Semi, when you see that China, uh, the article's talking about China making some sort of military move on Taiwan, Taiwan Semi is now the most important manufacturer for semis in the world. That wasn't the way Intel was led. David, uh, did Omar Ishraq, who is now retired from Medtronic, play a major role? Because uh, he's a no-nonsense guy. He has always been very critical of what he did even at Medtronic. He is not, uh, he's in position to be able to say, okay, enough is enough. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, this is his first major, uh, major move as the company's chairman. And yes, you would expect that the board, and obviously led by its chair, uh, did play a role here. Look at that stock, David. Yeah, that's quite an endorsement that's at this a judgment. point of the move that they've made. Um, and again, it doesn't take away any of the challenges that are facing this company, Jim. But I feel, I actually tell you, I actually feel bad for Bob. Because Bob 
got thrust into the situation. He, he did. did not want the job. No. Intel couldn't find anyone. In fact, Bob he said he didn't want the job until he said he wanted the job. Right. I mean, remember at the time we questioned, we were like, all right, he said, no, I don't want this job. No, no. All right, yes. I thought he completely double-crossed me when he was on. And, and I just, I mean, one of my uh, great, great misgivings about this man was, is like, you don't come on my show and my mad money, you know, come on our show and say, hey, listen, I'm not going to take the job if offered and then take it. But the problem was, David, no one wanted the darn job. Right. Well, what's interesting is my understanding is there were a number of decent candidates this time. And I think that perhaps Gelsinger was seen as the strongest of them. He well, is really strong. They did see them he, as the strongest of them. That's why he's taken the job and, cho- and chosen to take the job and leaving VMware. Not an insignificant move for him. But again, that is going through a major change with the spin. Uh, that will take place much later this year. Remember, we've talked about that in terms of tax purposes, why that's the case. So they will be looking for a new leader there at VMware as a fully public company, uh, Jim. But the market reacting very positively. Will you look at, will you look at the reaction at AMD? I mean, what is that? What does that say? I mean, this is all about maybe Intel's it, yeah. AMD's getting crushed. It, what, look, Lisa Sue's guys. You really think if someone thinks that Pat Gelsinger switch, put, you know, flip a switch and therefore take back the lead from AMD, that's stupid. But I understand that an Intel that is empowered by people who actually understand the notion of world leadership and understand how to build chips and not miss cycles is a threat to AMD's preeminence. But, David, this has been going on and on. You can't just like say, you know what, I'm going to be in seven, the 7 nano. Uh, but uh, people will say send AMD down because maybe Intel no. is the lion. But again, it, you know, this idea that was intru- that's been introduced by many, of course, and was part central to the letter uh, that they received from uh, from Third Point. And I reference it because in some ways it sort of reflects a lot of the frustrations, broadly speaking, of longer term shareholders. Uh, they, you know, Jim, they brought up this idea of whether they should remain an integrated device manufacturer uh, and or divest certain what they called failed acquisitions. Do you have any sense? And we've had Mr. Gelsinger on. He joins us frequently. Right. Always enjoy having him. Uh, as, I mean, I don't as to what his plan would be. It's unclear to me that he's going to have a plan well, right now and whether he's going. But you've got to re, you've got to focus on that question, don't you? Yes, because if it's Intel light, if it's Intel asset light, which is really just an admission that, listen, we work for Taiwan Semi and we don't know what we're really doing like we used to. Uh, that is a, uh, a terrible admission, but it's about time it happened. I, uh, this is people have to understand that this was the greatest company in the world, manufacturing company in the world under Andy Grove and Craig Barrett. It has so lost that leadership. And in the end, now it's saying, listen, we don't even make, we don't even want to make them. David, yeah. that makes Taiwan Semi, again, the most important company in the world. And the Chinese know that. And people, I mean, That's I wish a, the administration, well, I, I wish the administration even understood. That gets to a scary the, thing. What the, they don't understand chips at all down there. So much, so much chip making capability is, is housed in Taiwan. And right. we know. But why don't they say and Taiwan is seen said as, you know, a know. flashpoint one day potentially for Chinese and, and U.S. interests. So, yeah, that gets to something else that's, that, that can be quite, uh, quite worrisome. This is very worrisome. Um, but I'm glad that they made the change. And I wish yeah. Bob well because Bob, it's not Bob's fault. I feel like when I first said it was his fault, I felt badly when I discovered that they couldn't find anybody, David. Yeah. Of course, that's my homework like you did your unbelievable reporting now. People should understand at home, like, these, these are all opaque companies. It's not like they're sitting there and saying, listen, I was, you know, Omar's calling me and saying I was at the meeting and we didn't like the quarter. Carl, uh, and again, just to come back to make sure I did call Intel. Uh, of course, when I was reporting this, it was five in the morning there. 
Um, no real comment from them, but my expectation is, given when you're reporting news like this, that they're going to probably move to confirm it relatively quickly. We'll see if there's anything else, Carl, in the release that adds to sort of the knowledge that we have at this point. But uh, that'd be great. That would mean that Intel's actually up, that they're up, that they're awake. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big win. Well, they're awake now. And boy, that stock price is awake. Really? I, I'm not sure, Jim, if you'd taken bets that you'd expect it to be up this much. We'll see no, how it should it, be up more. When, we up, when, we're, when we're open it should in, be up in, more. in uh, 18 minutes or so, we'll see where we open. It would be up more yeah. if it weren't up yesterday because it leaked. You think it, should, it, it should have been down yesterday. AMD's you think it was getting out yesterday? Crushing. Is that why you said because the stock? Well, was what the up. hell was the stock going up for? I, I mean, it's like I don't, I don't know. I was. Well, I was, no. I mean, it's a hard thing to keep secret. There's a lot of people involved. Yeah. No. Congratulations on an unbelievable scoop. Thank you. I'll take that. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Carl, you deserve it. Over to you. That's what you were working on when you were right, home. Guys, uh, yeah. Intel. <laughs> I'm uh, always working. Uh, that's going to take you back to July. Uh, we'll take a break here. A lot more squawk in the street continues in a minute. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. has some issues with moderation. There are some uh, incitement to violence examples on there, and they need to step it up on the moderation. And I'm, our hope is that they do that and get back on the store. Oh, so they could get back on the store? They could? Yes, we suspended them. We did not ban them. Oh, because the CEO, as you know, he's raising issues about his right to the First Amendment. What do you say about that concern? We have terms of service for our app store. And some of those terms of service he's in violation of. All we're asking Gail is that he meet the terms of service. It's corporate America's response to Parler continues today, Jim, as uh, the response by Amazon uh, to Parler's lawsuit sort of explains why they took them off of AWS, uh, citing the company's unwillingness to remove content that, quote, plans the rape, torture and assassination of named public officials and private citizens. No free speech for racism, no free speech for genocide, no free speech for murder. It's in, basically ensconced in, the, in a, a series of rulings by the uh, not by the Constitution, it's not in there, uh, uh, by the Supreme Court. And uh, the idea that you are inciting the death of people has always been something that the Supreme Court, well, actually about 100 years, uh, feels. And David, when I read this stuff, it's, it, it, this is the opposite of intel. It's not opaque. It's just the way it is. No, I mean, you're either in favor see, of genocide or against it. Uh, agreed. Um, I mean, th this is such a unique period that we're in here uh, for so many reasons. But one is, of course, corporations stepping up in so many different ways. But the power of AWS as a platform, the power, of course, is Facebook, very different in Twitter right. and the like, uh, and YouTube uh, to influence opinion. But the Amazon part of this, Jim, is fascinating, isn't it? I mean, I'm just curious as to how you read it uh, in terms of what they might do in the future or decisions they might make in terms of who they were or are willing to host and not. Well, I think that everybody suddenly realized it can't be just a bunch of bots 
We're seeing this like we have a firm one uh, that's coming public. I mean, look, there's this incredible and I mention this only because there's this incredible notion that as long as it's machines, it's honest and good. And a firm's fine. A firm is a factotum. Uh, but the idea that you can't you don't need a brain because you've got algos. Well, that's being uh, and by the way, algos are cheap and brains cost money. I, I think that that's uh, being put uh, put the rest here now with uh, a president who incited an insurrection. I mean, suddenly there are rules in this country. Hate them or like them. You're not allowed to. Insurrection is on the wrong side of history. It's it's against the Constitution. Yes. So suddenly you've got these companies and they're waking up the idea that they're part of the insurrection and they can't be protected. Right. Uh, and they want to say, well, listen, the, we we let free speech for everything. There is no free speech for insurrection. So I think a lot of these people have to do something that they don't want to do. I know Facebook says they hired a lot of people. But, David, the idea that you can just run anything uh, is the way you lose your protection. No, it is. And, and, and Carl, as this during this extraordinary, well, I'm sorry, we're in a new year now, but over this last 12 months or, or even more, we've re, we've remarked many times on things we were seeing corporations do that we hadn't typically moving into areas that perhaps they had not ventured into in the past. And now of this just these last few days, it's truly been extraordinary. I mean, oftentimes moved by their workforce and by their workers who are demanding that they be a part of change as opposed to just stand back. But this is an extraordinary period uh, watching corporate America respond as well to that insurrection that Jim just mentioned. Yeah. And of course, the backlash guys sort of flies in the face with uh, those who have normally said, let the private sector be the private sector without interference. Now, uh, with the uh, label of cancel culture, they're trying to tell American companies how they should manage their campaign contributions, Jim, uh, their own servers, uh, the degree to which they want to host uh, these sites or not. By the way, we should mention that YouTube, one of the last holdouts, has finally removed the president's channel, uh, removing comments as well for at least the next seven days, citing the risk of violence. And then Walmart and Disney, Jim, uh, two of the larger companies now who've gr- uh, joined the list of companies who will suspend donations to those who voted to contest certification. Well, I, I think that this is, uh, I love what... Uh, uh, Timothy Snyder called it this weekend, New York Times. There are people who want to game the system and people want to break the system. And if you want to break the system, then I think it's very easy. All these companies, some of them have a conscience and some of them are worried about their customers with a conscience. Uh, if you continue and support insurrection, then I think it's really not that. Uh, I think you have to expect that there'll be a boycott. And if you have a boycott, you're going to miss your numbers. Now, you could say, well, wait a second, Jim. It's not about that. It's about people who have a heart and a brain. I hope it is. I hope it is, but it's about the customers. As Mark Benioff often says, it's about the customers. Customers not in favor of insurrection. Insurrection, bad. Confederacy, bad. Union, good. Lincoln. He's on the penny. Doesn't want to know. He said, where is he, David? Is he on a penny? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, he was good. Okay? Confederacy, bad. Jefferson Davis, bad. Grant, good. Robert E. Lee? Bad. Okay. Slaveholder. Bad. You know, anyone who's in favor of slaves. This is the 13th Amendment. It's been around for a while. That's can't a get bad. That, can't get that no, picture of the has. Confederate flag in the Capitol. How the hell did this happen? With that in mind, guys, the House has begun debate on impeaching the president. We're going to monitor that. In addition to a lot of calls out today, we got uh, the street commenting on MasterCard Visa, Home Depot, JPM upping Exxon to overweight for the first time in seven years. Back in a moment.
Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career, so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu. All right, let's get to a uh, mad dash this morning. Of course, we've got about a little uh, six and a half minutes before we get to an opening bell as well. Zoom doing that big offering, and it's a fo- uh, the focus. It had been a darling, David. It had been one of the uh, great stocks of all time. Uh, they're talking about doing the, 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 it will be in the hole. I think there'll be lots of buyers. But if you take a look at it, it peaked when we realized that there was going to be a vaccine and people would start meeting each other again. I think that is wrong. I think what maybe didn't deserve the, the multiple on sales, 50. But uh, I, don't, I think Zoom's here to stay, kind of like DocuSign. Uh, it may not have the same growth, but that growth was inconceivable. I mean, the, we have these companies like uh, Snowflake, like Zoom. Uh, the, the, the growth is just beyond what anyone can have. But watch for Zoom. New products. Watch for Zoom. They are, but that, I mean, they, they compete against a lot of very large companies with enormous Webex, access to capital. Google. Now, that said, they're a pretty darn big company, and they're able to raise capital very easily. Right. But remember, the other WebEx is, is enterprise. Yes, for uh, teams, teams. I used Teams yesterday. It's like, you know, give me an Give me an engineer. Okay, give me an engineer to use that one. Okay. Uh, this is the easy one. Yep. And uh, I think this may mark a short-term bottom in Zoom. Uh, Eric Yuan has not been talking a lot. He's been working. Right. He's a seven-day-a-week guy, you know. Is he? Yeah. Worth pointing out also, Jim, we talk so often about these services. These are the early days for them. Think how much they've iterated just in the last nine months. What are they going to look like in five years? Well, it's good. I, they'll be translated. We do I'll be business. sitting here in the Mad Dash. You'll be a hologram. You'll be zooming in. 50% of me is already a hologram. Which By the way, Brian Krasanich was the guy who argued that I wasn't a hologram. The former CEO. Yes. When, when Musk tried to put me in my place. Said you were a simulation, not a hologram. Come on, be accurate. But the All hell right. I must be. He's rich. We got an opening bell a few minutes away. Stay with us here on Squawk in the Street. We're right back. I love my day job as a CFO, and uh, we're very excited. I think the board's been working very aggressively. To We, we believe this is the best open job on the planet. Well, it, and it, the management team has told the board, take your time, find somebody great. In the meantime, we'll be just fine kind of running the company. It's a very exciting time for us. Uh, it's Bob Swan on uh, Mad Money uh, on David's news that he'll step down as head of Intel in mid-February. Jim, we've talked a lot about whether or not CFOs have any business running engineering companies like a semiconductor maker. Um, and it's clear that he saw the, the sort of the he saw the asymmetry in that even himself. Right. Again, that's why. I mean, that was Chan 10, uh, 2019. He was a, a three, three weeks later. He was appointed CEO. Uh, and I had felt that he was playing his cards too close to his vest. I think that actually, David, uh, he didn't expect to get it uh, in part because this was I always thought this was this was a great manufacturing company, yeah. not a financial company. They had salespeople in charge, no, too. That was that didn't work. either. But it was odd because as we just saw he he was saying, no, it's not the job I want. Right. I don't want it. And then he took it and they kind of did somersaults to explain why he had that change. Of course, he was thrust into the role to begin with because Mr. Krasanich was. Uh, forced to resign yeah. uh, after breaking company policy, Jim. I mean, it's just not been a good run for Intel. And clearly investors today, Carl, sending that stock up 12%. Still waiting to hear from the company. I don't think we've seen an announcement yet. But they clearly feel Mr. Gelsinger is going to lead a resurgence of uh, what was certainly the once the preeminent chip maker in this country. We yeah, won it, Although Carl. Dan Loeb uh, tweeting now. Oh, 
Yeah. Dan tweet. Loeb tweeting, uh, Swan is a class act and did the right thing for all stakeholders stepping aside. Nice. Uh, there's the opening bell, guys, and uh, the S&P heat map uh, right at 3,800, exactly where we were 24 hours ago. Um, at the big board, it's uh, EdTech Acquisition Corp. Uh, doing the honors at the Nasdaq. It's a firm celebrating its IPO. We're going to talk to Max Levchin on Squawk Alley later on this morning. Jim, uh, pricing at 49, $12 billion valuation. Uh, Peter Thiel, Vinod Kosla among the investors. Uh, market loves companies that are, are fintech. Now, fintech's been taking a backseat of late because people want to own some big, uh, big cap stocks, but that'll end. Uh, Max, here's what happens. These are companies that people know uh, are crunch numbers and are viewed as not having any real uh, risk to them. Uh, David, you know that when you make one of these fintech companies come true, it suddenly starts looking like Visa. Although Visa didn't get plaid, and I thought that you would have commented on that. Well, uh, the, the Department of Justice, as you know, was opposed to the deal. It was seen as really anti-competitive kind of capturing a potential rival in some way, Jim. <laughs> they were funny thinking um, they could get away with that yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, listen, it was a private company, Plaid. Large acquisition for them, but again, they do abandon that visa, as you point out, that Plaid acquisition with that, with that opposition from the Department of Justice. But, you know, Max is a, look, he'll come on. It'll be, a, people like it, the stock will go up, and I don't know. I wish there was more soul to it, but that's life on Wall Street. I don't mean to denigrate it. Max is great, but... You know, people, people don't care if it's fintech, buy. If he comes out on, on the show and he says, you know what, we're looking at, taking a hard look at Bitcoin, then the stock takes another jump. If he says he's going to look at all sort of crypto, then it takes an addition, another one. And if he's going after Coinbase, Coinbase, it doubles. There. That's the world right now that we're in. And everyone likes it. Yeah. Why not? Makes a lot of money. Skeptical, David. No, we're also in a SPAC world still. Never want to forget that. Uh, what did we oh, get? No. Tomo Bravo. Bravo. Always, that one, you know, you always want to say Bravo, but it's... I did that yeah. once. It was yeah. stupid. They're, they're pricing. Oh, look, stupid. there's Bitcoin. I'm not sure why, but why not? Why not take a look at Bitcoin? Wow. Yeah. Although off the 41,000, that would When I look at Bitcoin, I always remember like when you, when you were little and you wanted to look at the solar, solar eclipse. Yeah. And your mommy said, they yeah, wear, look, you know, yeah, wear, you the, wear those funny glasses yeah, so yeah. you didn't burn your pupils. Yeah. There you go. Was it your retina that you worried about? My retina hurts looking at that. Yeah. It, even now? I mean, it's backed off. Yeah, well, I don't, have the polar, I don't have those polar. I bought the cheap uh, dollar treats, uh, you know, five for dollar, uh, you know, five dollar glasses. Mm-hmm. I can't look at that. You need the Ray-Bans. It is that crazy out there. I wish we would. Dave, do you have any EV? I don't know. I haven't taken a look at EV. You know what I do have? XOM. Carl mentioned it earlier. Did you, you saw this note from J.P. Morgan. I'm oh, yeah. Sure. Dividend's now Guys. safe. Yeah, they <laughs> say the dividend. Uh, yeah. Fabulous. They, they, they really do believe. They, well, execution's been tough, of course. They point out. As we sit here today, we think the bar is actually material lower. Execution might finally be turning a corner. And 2021 consensus too low. And the dividend yield is more secure and valuation more reasonable. Um, you know, I haven't gotten updated on where things stand with a couple of the activists that are in there. Right. Sort of talking about a significant change in capital allocation and spending at the company. But, uh, but it's been getting some fans. Yeah, I thought the best line in that Street, piece. Uh, at least in the analyst community. Carl, the best line in that piece is, we are not claiming to be early. There were guys who really stuck their neck out earlier, Carl. And I guess maybe yeah, it's better yeah. late than never. But he's got some prices where well, the dividends Well, sticking in the even. energy space, Jim, 
I mean, you were talking about uh, legacy names who dabble in new areas. We talked about Walmart and fintech yesterday. Today, GM on that EV news yesterday, Jim, that's going to be um, it was above 50 in the pre-market. That's obviously an all-time high uh, post-IPO. Yeah, Carl's been, I, I got to tell you, you know, Phil has been covering this better than anyone. I, and I said, it was like listening to David on Intel this morning. If you, if you listened to Phil yesterday, you would buy GM because he's basically saying uh, there's a consensus developing that, uh, that GM's battery is vastly superior. Uh, and if, if you're EV and you're battery, then you're off to the races. If you're if you're a delivery van company that's electric, you're off to the races. Please not forget Plug Pal, which made that deal with Renault. Uh, there are younger people who are so captivated by EV that suddenly General Motors is like General E Motors. If General Motors were to take Bitcoin for cars, oh, Amy. Uh, so, Carl, it does matter. Uh, Mary Barr changing the stripes. I believe it in the same way that I believe that, that Farley is correctly changing Ford by, by a commitment that I find shocking for Ford. He wants to make money. Um, guys, we do have the uh, statement out from uh, Intel confirming the news we first brought you at the top of the show. Um, Did they attribute Swan, it to you, David? Uh, well, no. Now they're putting it out uh, officially. Uh, that right. uh, Pat Gelsinger will step in, as we've been saying, on February 15th. Uh, and uh, I think it was mentioned already, Dan uh, Loeb's tweet, uh, congratulating Swan for doing the right thing, so to speak. But as I'd indicated earlier, I think generally this is going to be, was being viewed quite positively, but unclear to me exactly how it changes the complexion of that uh, still potential fight over some directors. Again, the uh, nominating deadline is at the end of the week. Uh, and certainly Mr. Loeb has a, a few candidates, one would imagine. Uh, unclear whether that will move forward, given what is a very positive response to uh, Mr. Gelsinger's appointment. Uh, as of Feb 15th, Mr. Swan stepping down. Again, news we first brought you. Uh, you know, Jim, a lot of people yep. just uh, who, who wanted to own this stock previously, including Mr. Loeb, would just come back to, to the multiple and say, you know what, if you can get anything moving in the right direction. Right. You know, you're talking about a, a a, a 10 multiple on this stock, if you can get a few multiple points in there, you're going to be a lot better off. If you can stop losing four full points of market share to AMD every year, you're going to be a lot better off. If you can get your manufacturing moving in the right direction, you're going to be a lot better off. So today, they're a lot better off. Right. Well, hey, Lisa Sue has yet to be heard from when she reports. I think it's going to be an amazing quarter. Uh, I think she's multiple points ahead of Intel, and it doesn't matter who's going to run Intel. They have to do a real house cleaning. Yep. If they want to do asset light, as I mentioned, this one just go give orders to Taiwan Semi, then they aren't the Intel. I remember when when Andy Grove decided to get rid of the microprocessor business. I mean, go, go, the 286 business going to microprocessors. I mean, 286 at that point was, they were trying to figure out whether it would be a DRAM company or a microprocessor company, and they shifted to microprocessor, 286. They shut down DRAM. David, it's going full circle. Uh, the current Intel is a shadow of its former self. Uh, but those who are selling AMD on this, uh, come on. AMD's giving you a key. At least it's giving you a keynote. She's in charge right now. So, I mean, you know, Carl, it's, it's one thing to say that the guy who runs Intel or the gal who runs Intel, woman who runs Intel, I'm sorry, uh, can turn, turn a switch. The problem is, is this is multiple years of falling behind. And I hope that they can get a great person because Intel's a national treasure. But right now, uh, Intel is, is an also-ran. Jeez. 
also in there with uh, base manufacturing. It didn't happen. It didn't happen <laughs> quickly, Jim. It's been definitely um, a frog in water kind of long-term dynamic. Although up 10 percent, uh, bespoke this morning. David says this is the biggest gap higher since '87. Believe it or not. Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that is somewhat surprising. Uh, but again, Mr. Gelsinger gets a lot of positive marks from from people out there, and he is. Uh, an engineer. Just quickly to go back through his background, if people want to know, he was a longtime Intel engineer, by the way, was the company's first chief right. technology officer, was uh, as well a senior VP at GM Digital Enterprise Group, moved to Dell EMC from Intel in 2009, and then moved up to, of course, be CEO of VMware. We've had him on a number of times. Looking forward to having him on soon as well to join us and tell us what his plans are for this company that he will be taking over a little more than a month from now. Amazing, Carl. The 1987 numbers, when it, it, it went into the black uh, and when they got out of the DRAM business right then, um, they, it makes sense that it could be, should be up that much. Gelsinger's really a strong candidate. I'm surprised he left. You know, they, they were going to, I believe that the spinoffs can be completed in September. I wonder whether uh, Sanjay, Sanjay Poonin's going to get the job. Yeah, I don't, you know, we'll, we'll see what VMware has to say about his successor. That's a good point. And again, let's not forget that is a major transaction that's going to be taking place. They couldn't do it for tax. It was announced or the intent was and then confirmed by Dell the summer into the fall. But it can't actually close, as Jim said, until uh, much later this year due to, uh, due to tax reasons. But it is going to result in, and Dell re-rated up on this when they announced that, yes. you know, the 81% they own of VMware that they didn't feel was being adequately reflected in their stock price is going to be uh, distributed. Uh, and it will be a fully public company with new leadership taking over. It'll give them some time, though, Jim, prior to that. I mean, he steps down February 15th, so you will have a new CEO by then heading into what will be a much more public entity as VMware no longer controlled by Dell when they get that deal done. It's interesting, Carl. When you look at VMware, what they've done, they're very aggressive in, of course, making companies uh, move to the cloud in a, in, a, in a very smooth way. Unbelievable relationship with Amazon Web Services. What it may, reminds me of is that Intelligent also ran in the data center. And I think that Pat can make it so that the data center be something that they ca- you know, take share back. And David... I always talk about NVIDIA, and not just because he's my late dog. I got a new one, Marley. is nowhere near as smart as, as NVIDIA. Uh, but NVIDIA and AMD both leapfrogged where Intel should have been. Yes. And, and I mean, Intel's got Mobileye, and they did a good presentation the other day on uh, self-driving cars. But uh, NVIDIA's got that, too. NVIDIA Neo. We haven't even talked Neo. We haven't mentioned it's nine. 40, man, mentioned you. Well, we mentioned GM's move, which, That's of course, true. is significant, 4.2%, as Carl said, uh, on their uh, continuing to put, pour a lot of effort into their, uh, their EV. Uh, but what about NEO? Uh, what do you want to mention? The, well, the, new, money. the new money they've raised? Raising yeah. money. When you raise money, remember, one of the things, Carl, that's happened is younger people, they believe that when you raise money, <laughs> Look at that. it's positive. Do you have to put sunglasses on for that one, too? Is that one like you have to put the sunglasses on to look at Neo? Don't look straight into the eyes, You know, David, that's one. That's like Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. He Mm. predicts a solar eclipse. Uh, There is, without a doubt, a a couple of stocks out there, Carl, that are making so much money for people, and I'm urging them to take something off the table, and no one wants to listen. No one wants – I mean, like, find me someone who is selling a little Neo here. They're raising it with a convert. Uh, this is not Zoom, by the way, which is a pretty substantial company. Neo is one of many companies that makes EVs. Uh, I don't know if anyone saw uh, Phil's tweet this morning, but uh, Warren Buffett's company is making 
there's some inroads in EV. I, there's plenty of room for EV. EV is only 3% right now of the uh, market, Carl, and I think it could be a 10% very quickly, which, of course, makes it so that the Exxon upgrade is odd. But short-term, the oils are a good trade. Longer-term, they're, uh, they're coal. They're fossil. Yeah. Uh, uh, a couple things we've not mentioned, Jim, that just gets uh, pushed out of the way by politics and Intel. Target, uh, some retail numbers on holiday comps up 17, uh, digital up 102. Um, Jim, I know you're watching that. Also, yes. the uh, the downgrade of Palantir, speaking of taking money off the table, mm, as yeah. City goes to sell, even though they take the target uh, to 15 from 10. But that is a name where people have made some cash. Yeah, they do talk about that there's a lockup expiration uh, that's going to come three days before their, uh, they report their uh, Q4 results, which is on February 13. You've got to sell. Uh, I thought there was a pretty good piece in that they're talking about deceleration and growth. Uh, growth has been extraordinary. Uh, why are people not selling it? It is one of, and David's introduced me to these, it's a uh, dark web. So called favorite. Yeah. Remember when Reddit decided the gun? It's very dark out at 4:30 when this thing gets when people start trading this stuff before they're going to. Oh, I watch it. I watch this thing at four o'clock. This thing trades. Yeah. uh, Like a banshee. Odd. Um, Well, but David, the new investors like to get the early bird gets the worm, and they don't follow Wall Street research. Carl, they follow sites like Reddit. I've been developing a list of these sites that are in control right now. And they're really extraordinary. There's a site that just exists to bash shorts. I, I don't. But, Jim, I don't what? want to lose sight of the city downgrade. I mean, $15 price target. They see this stock getting cut in half. I see, red, I see a red. That's up. rare that you see that from, from a street analyst. Rock, paper, scissors, David. City's paper. Okay? Reddit yeah. scissors. Got it. All so right. listen to Reddit, not city. Well, who's in control here? Uh, Reddit. Right. I guess. I don't know. They're in command. I don't read. Al Haig. Al Haig. Didn't he sit on Hey, Jim, uh, really quick. Yep. While we've got a minute, uh, let's take your temperature on J&J, because, again, there's there's more consternation about why we're not getting P3 data, if not in January, then in time for the J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference. We had this discussion back in Thanksgiving time. When Goldman had a downside scenario that maybe their vaccine didn't work out, you still don't think that's the case. Look, J&J said the following to The New York Times. Uh, they said, we are not ready to release the numbers month by month at the moment as we are in discussion with the FDA. Uh, I don't see that necessarily means that, that they're going to be uh, a shortfall. Uh, there's a, I think the reason why the stock's not down is because the story from J&J's side is rather uh, not confirmed, I would say. Uh, this is just an unconfirmed story. Now, look, it could be the Times is spot on, and maybe they're right, but what the, what the company told the Times would not let you conclude that story that Johnson & Johnson expects it. There are people who may expect it, but Johnson & Johnson's quote would cert- that I just read certainly doesn't make me think that, that they're necessarily going to be late. And then uh, j- just to complete the statement that they get, we have begun production and are confident in our ability to meet our 2021 supply commitments signed with the government, provided data from the phase three ensemble study support the safety and efficacy of our vaccine candidate and regulatory authorities grant emergency use authorization. We are confident we can meet our contractual obligations to supply our vaccine candidate to the U.S. government. I'm sorry for you to sit there and read, but uh, I try to figure out why the stock isn't down. And the answer is that's what J&J is saying. Now, someone 
someone else may be saying what J&J is not saying. Uh, I, I had Emergent Bio on the other day. They've got a deal with J&J, uh, and I'm totally confident that J&J from the deal with Emergent Bio made a ton of, of vaccine for when it's ready. Maybe the, maybe the, the vaccine's not as eff- efficacious as, uh, David, I don't know, maybe it's not as efficacious as the Moderna and Pfizer numbers are rather extraordinary in terms of their efficacy. They are, uh, although in its favor, one shot. One sh- yes, one shot does matter, as I say when I get my shot today at 1245 in Staten Island. That's a big deal, Jim. It's easier than going to Florida. Hey, congrats. Yeah. Oh, when I get there, let's see what it's like, right? I mean, if it's anything like the rest, rest of the distribution, I'll miss mad money. Tomorrow's mad money, too. It will, but at least you got it. It's <laughs> good to have seven people working computers for you all at the same time. Okay, so I had that. I didn't. <laughs> like, I didn't like gain this matters. thing, can we, David. Can we, can we get them to get to work for I, my I mom, my, my mother, and all the people that I, you know, that are still? I mean, it's I not, never it's, claimed to be a jurist, doctor. No, you didn't. And you even know how to use the internet. What about all these poor seventy-eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds who don't even know what, how to do it? Well, they should get their their five-year-old grandchildren yeah, to I get know. get it done. I know. Well, guys, on a positive note, also, uh, the Fed's Bullard says that fatalities per day, he thinks, are likely at a peak. And we'll be getting a lot of Fed speak today. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Hey, Rick. He knows. Yes, lots of speak today. But to me, the most important thing is lots of 30-year bonds up for auction today as well. We're going to have 24 billion of them up for auction at 1 Eastern. And I hope some of the Fed speak addresses not only the supply, once again, 120 billion of threes, tens, and thirties are going to be completed this week. But, you know, should interest rates go up? Many watched Ken Langone this morning talk about servicing the debt in the future could be a very expensive scenario. That merits a lot of Fed speak. Look at an intraday of tens. You can see what happened after 8.30 Eastern. We had a bit of cooling in the December consumer price index, uh, especially on the ex-food and energy. Not a huge deal, but up one-tenth instead of two. These numbers are somewhat elevated, but not more than expectations, so the market gave up some ground. One week of tens shows we broke our streak yesterday. We're up five days. Yesterday was not up six in yield. It reversed a bit. As a matter of fact, right now, we're down three basis points at 110 in 10s, and we're down three basis points at 184 in 30s. 10s continue to lead the way. Look at a one month of 30s. And the reason I want to show this is because it certainly has started to give up some ground here after going up unchallenged. It's not guns hot anymore if we broke the streak, and it's going to be very interesting to see how the entire fixed income complex of treasuries uh, response after we move all the supply today. Uh, that is going to be very key because many were looking just to get good location. They had no idea, of course, that we would continue to see such strong gains in yields, which was, of course, broken yesterday. Dollar index, well, look at one week of the dollar index, a bit like the treasuries. Uh, if you look at the left side of the chart, that closing level on the far left was a 32-month low close for the dollar index. So, yes, we're up a little bit, but we're, what, less than one penny off 32-month lows? That isn't necessarily enough cushion. Many are still a bit nervous that the short covering hasn't given us enough upside in the dollar. And many watching the pound, of course, after the December 31st uh, official Brexit. And there's a lot of optimism to be had. We're trading around 136.5 now. The pound looks really good, especially since about mid-December. But if you do go back to the vote, which was what, about the third week in June of 2016, you could clearly see we're in much closer to 149 then, 136.5 now. We may be looking good, but if you really look in the rearview mirror, we gave up a lot of ground. Carl, David, Jim, back to you. 
All right, Rick, thank you very much. Rick Santelli, take a look at the uh, way in which Intel opened today. Got to 60 and a quarter on news of Swan's departure, which is uh, now official, has settled back now to 57 and change. We're back in a moment. I feel betrayed, okay? Uh, going through the court system to try and, and get some results, he exhausted everything. It was over. Biden's the president. Biden should be in, in the White House. Last Wednesday was a disgrace. It should never have happened in this country. And if it doesn't break every American's heart, something's wrong. It breaks my heart, for sure. I didn't sign up for that. It's Ken Lang going on Squawk Box earlier this morning, uh, Jim, as we see not only corporations, but uh, private citizens, supporters of the president in the past, uh, trying to distance themselves, certainly from the events of last Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, Ken was very heartfelt, as always. Ken's plays it with a totally open hand. Uh, good friend of CNBC, good friend of uh, mine and, and my wife. And I feel that, uh, David, what he was saying is truth, so to speak, as opposed to this era where we have... Uh, different kinds of truth. I think Ken's saying, let's go back to the idea of truth. Shared truth. Shared truth. Yes, that would be a very good thing for our democracy. Unfortunately, it's not clear to me that that's going to be the case. No. You've seen what Liz Cheney, number three Republican in the House. That was amazing. Right, comes out and says, and then people are asking for her resignation, I think, on well, different parts. I mean, it's going to be, Carl, what... The, what the Republican Party is going to look like on the other side of this is also going to be important and, and uh, I guess, fascinating to watch, to put it nicely. Well, David, that's nicely. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, and implications for how Biden implements policy, guys. Uh, Jim Bloomberg has got a piece out this morning saying that he will attempt, at least at first, to package the stimulus deal, which we should get details on tomorrow, through a bipartisan measure rather than ram it through on reconciliation. Uh, it's going to have huge implications, certainly, for stocks uh, and American profits. We'll take a break here. I hear the music. We're back in a moment. Let's get Jim and stop trading. There's still some unmitigated positives out there. And last night it was KB Homes. Uh, gross margin was tremendous, uh, up 40 basis points. Net order value rose 50 ba uh, percent. Backlog up 63 percent. Average selling price up 5 percent to 413,700. Uh, Orders plus 42. Wow. Uh, a lot of West Coast there. And remember, uh, rates are still low. And I think there are a lot of people uh, who think that that little uptick in rates is going to make it so that people are discouraged or, or people there are other people who say Look, people, people are going to come in and buy very quickly. I say, come on, rates aren't up that much. And homes are still at a premium in an era of de-urbanization. Well, Jim, I know you saw refis for the week. Up 20. Yeah. There's a lot of people who think that if you don't catch it now, you're going to miss your best chance. Right. And I do think that uh, baby J Powell's laughing. But look, there are a lot of people who, who think the rates are going up. And I'm not against that. I'm just saying that what matters more when you, right now is the price of the home. And maybe even with salt, salt maybe the deductions are going to change under Biden. So that is a good reason to buy it uh, if we get a salt change. Who knows? Everything's up. Everything's up in the air. <laughs> it's a lot of... Yeah, there's a lot of uh, unanswered questions, at least for the moment, Jim. What's up tonight? 
Okay, I've got TG Therapeutics. This company has just done a remarkable job. Michael Weiss, David, I'm sure you remember him from his analyst days. Uh, uh, Kristen Peck, uh, Zoetis. Well, someone's, uh, you know, that's Bob Peck's wife. But more importantly, she's an unbelievable executive doing a terrific job at Zoetis. And then the one that every single, every single Robin Hood person wants to see, the Lion Electric CEO, Bedard. Listen, people who are in Robin Hood, could you wait to hear what he has to say before you go nuts now that I've revealed that I have him? Or maybe it doesn't matter. The Merry Men have spoken. What happens to the Merry Men? You front run your guests? The Merry Men are doing fabulously. Yeah. But the people who are selling Palantir, they're running afoul of, I think, I'm going to go to Reddit right now and see what Reddit's saying. Go to the Reddit research department. I'm not sure who's running it right now. Jim, we'll see at 6. Mad uh, Money, of course, with Jim Cramer, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.